0: I'm a confidence coach, a business mentor, a speaker, an author, and I am obsessed with women standing up, showing up, and creating their confidence. And I cannot wait to dig into today's episode with you. Hello, my darling. Today is a very, very, very special episode. I've got a gorgeous client and now friend from the Sisterhood Coaching Program. Kat Dunn is joining us on the podcast. Now,
1: there are a lot of members and women who have joined this program. Why Kat? Why is she on the show today? Why do I want to share her story with you? Her story speaks to so many women, and I needed you to hear it because I am so proud to witness who she's become, what she has done. It is absolutely incredible, and it speaks not only of the program and the work, but of her, of her desire to shift, of her desire to get out of a domestically violent relationship, of her desire to overcome her lack of worthiness, her absolute lack of self-belief And her worthiness was one of the things that was stopping her, not having community, not having family. She's from the UK. And there were so many actual things that were happening in her world that were really scary. Yet she had the power internally to overcome them, to face them and to get the results that she has now. She's an OBM, which is a online business manager. She supports women in business. She's making six figures a year in her business now. She is in a beautiful relationship with a gorgeous man. She is a leader inside of our sisterhood community. She's come to two of my retreats. And you might go, what? Two retreats? Why would you do that twice? Well, you're going to hear about it on this episode. You're going to hear about the importance of when your life feels like shit and everything feels like it's broken and damaged and messed up and you don't know what else to do and you want to give up. She had had suicidal thoughts. There have been so many things that she was going through that she needed to overcome. And you're going to hear the journey of when she joined us inside of the sisterhood, what was going on for her, how she was able to overcome herself, manage her thoughts, create amazing boundaries, learn how to speak her truth, get herself out of that relationship, get herself into a business that's making money and impacting others. And now how she's attracted the love of her life. It is a beautiful story, uh, one that showcases the ups and downs of our lives. But she is the hero of this story. And I want you to know that if you listen to this and you resonate with any of this, You are the hero in your story should you choose to believe that should you choose to take action and work on yourself And the beautiful thing is at the time of recording this we are about to open our sisterhood program And if you are interested in learning what Kat did and how we work inside of this program How we unpack everything we talk about and more from this podcast in the sisterhood I want you to click the link in the show notes and I want you to make it fucking happen Okay, let's stop listening to other people's stories and thinking easy for you. It's not going to happen for me It's bullshit all of this and more everything you desire is available to you if you meet me halfway and you make it happen and you do the work you could have everything you want all right without further ado i cannot wait for you to listen to this episode with the gorgeous cat done all right welcome to the podcast cat thank you very much for having me I love your smile. I just I love it. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so happy that you're here. I can't believe you're here, but I can believe it because I've known you for, oh my God, what, two, three, how many years now? Three years. Yeah. Three years. I want to say like five years, but <laughs> three years. And you have been in the sisterhood. You are a big sister. You've come to retreats you have completely transformed your damn life. And I really, I just honor you. And I want to acknowledge you publicly here, as I always do anyway. I can't even talk to you much because I just start crying. Like you recently came to the International Women's Day event and I saw you and just started crying because (laughs) I don't know, I just am like, fuck, I'm so grateful that I get to be a part of your journey. And I remember who walked in and I'm sure it's parts of me and you that I see or that I saw and like, watching you evolve and transform and watching you do amazing work in your business and out in the world and just you know i just i really want the women on this podcast to hear what's possible and i always talk about what's possible but to hear someone else with a story like yours sharing it and your dedication i just really want to acknowledge you for that because you're a fucking awesome woman thank you <laughs> i made me <you> cry already <laughs> so for anyone that's like who is this cat done person how what, what how did she end up on the podcast maybe if you want to let people know, how did we come across each other? How did you end up joining sisterhood? And maybe like, where were you at that time in your life?
2: So I'll be honest, I really don't remember the exact moment that I found you. (laughs) But when I've talked to other sisters, it's almost like we find you right at the moment we're supposed to. So I definitely remember seeing an Instagram account. And then that's how I found the podcast. And I started binging the hell out of your podcast. You
0: didn't know that.
2: Yeah, I literally, I was in a relationship at the time that was not a nice relationship. And I kept struggling with how do I move past the situation I was in, move past. Basically the blocks I was experiencing in my relationship. And I remember one vivid day of... I lived near water and I was walking around there in absolute pouring down rain. No one else was around. And I was listening to a podcast and it was yourself and Hanish. And you were talking about couples, relationships, how to move through things. And then I listened to the episode where you were like, this is how to have a difficult conversation. You know, writing down the points, kind of writing down a script, so to speak. And thinking, oh my God, this is it. This is amazing. And taking her home and trying to do that and it completely falling on space because the person I was with was not ready to receive that. <laughs> um so yes, I binge for a long time and the thing is with anything to do with personal development, because I was very new to this area, that you only really see a difference if you start doing it. So I realized that this little podcast was great and you give out such amazing free advice, but it's just kind of like it's at the cherry on top of the cake. So when you start talking about sisterhood, I was like, What on earth is sisterhood? Got on the website and I think you did a flash sale. It was at the end of the year, it was December, and it was something like sign up today for this money off or something it was something that was kind of like urgent and I remember clicking thinking oh my god could I dare spend that much money just on me Mm. to do this and it's the first time I've ever spent a chunk of money on something to do with just me that would be something where there's no guarantee what you get back because you only get out what you put in and I did it terrified I remember you put me on your story on Instagram and I was absolutely just God smacked. Like, oh my God, this woman I've been following for so long has just said my name to the world what on earth i let myself in for. All. And it was literally the next day I went to an immersion day in Melbourne. All the sisters were and everybody knew each other and everyone was hugging. Everyone was smiling and I was absolutely petrified. I remember there being a dance break and I was like, why is everybody dancing? What's happening? <laughs> um and it was also the Christmas party on the evening and I came back and all day I wore black. I wore black dress on the night time, the black black shoes, black coat and I stood behind a pillow. I always thought I was a pretty confident person, which showed me how far I'd fallen in the previous years to become such a shadow of myself. And I think two sisters, Robin and Stephanie, shout out to you lady, shout out. It <laughs> came over and just talked to me and it was really nice. And then afterwards, an intimate group went to a different bar and I remember just sitting there going, oh, there you go. oh, Sarah, and it was interesting to be so in awe of somebody and then meet you and realize that you're just this wonderful person. That has built a business where you just want to help so as much as like i was in awe of you of like the fact of what you created you were just there going okay so how can i help you and i was like wow and i haven't been asked that in such a long time
1: and now i see you walk in a room and i cry oh my god here she is she's something i remember it's so crazy because i have a photo of you wearing the all black yes. very like rocker because you do have a side of you that likes that music you yes. go into oh, yes. the bands. i was like yeah okay so I remember seeing you and I like, I feel like you were thinner as well, like smaller, like Very a smaller small, person, yes. energetically smaller. Your world was smaller. Like you're not a huge person, but like as in you were felt like shrunken, like you hadn't taken up your full space. And I saw the photo recently and I was like, oh my God, look at Cat! Like you look so different. Like your aura is different. Your energy is different. But let's say you were in that moment. Thank you to the podcast and Instagram gods mm-hmm. for bringing you and all the other women are away. And a lot of people now listen to the podcast. That's how they kind of come through and they listen for a couple of years before they ever message or say, I want to do something because I can imagine it's, I know it's scary. I've done it too. And it's not fun doing some of this work at the beginning, <laughs> but bringing you to this, what was the thing, like, what was going on in your life for you? If you can share that at that time. So people who know
2: you and know your story, know, the one thing that you and I particularly have in common is about that we both attracted Bad relationships for a very long time. So I basically hadn't been single for the past 20 years. I don't think I ever not had a relationship and they've always been long term relationships. I can see this now, but back then I didn't really know anything was wrong in terms of it always started off okay and then it would just start to deteriorate from the point of view of we were just in really toxic cycles. And I'd say every guy was different, but obviously I was attracting the same sort of person. And each relationship suddenly got worse to the point where I was experiencing forms of abuse that I wasn't aware were abuse. Because obviously I've experienced physical and sexual abuse in relationships, which obviously no one should ever have to go through. But at the time, I guess I was too young or immature to really know that that was, that you don't have to put it with that, I think. Especially when I was like 18 years old and dating someone older who's very experienced, not realizing the things that you asked to do or pressured to do or even being in a relationship Like, I guess I didn't know there was a two-way street. I didn't really know anything about respect, compromise. I just, I was so desperate to just be grown up and be loved because I didn't have a great childhood and say it was absolutely terrible. But then obviously everything comes back to childhood. There's a lot of trauma that I now know that I didn't, No, back then, which I mean, towards my dad kind of raised me to be the man comes first, make sure you always look good, you know, make sure that you never gain weight, you know, you always have to put his needs first, which obviously, as a kid, you don't realize how much that affects you. And that's all I did. The guy always came first, everything he needed. If we had a fight or did anything wrong, I would just give in so he would forgive me. So I ended up in longer and longer term relationships that were abusive on so many different levels that I wasn't really aware of and I will be honest that some of them like I could give as good as I got it was just toxic like um, you go out drinking together for example you end up in massive fights physical fights or like slanging matches Mm. the next day make up and get on with life and then it just happened again and again and again and I vividly remember one relationship people witnessing in this a lot my best friends would witness these horrendous fights. And then a day, me and my partner would just make up and they'll be like, I don't understand. They go, like, oh, it's just, it's just us. It's just what we do. And like, no, I don't understand. This is not normal. Mm-hmm. And I got really defensive of like, well, every relationship's different. And I've been told that you should fight and blah, 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 blah. And I look back and go, wow, that must be so terrifying to witness because it could be horrendous. We do this in foreign countries as well as England and in Australia. So I didn't do any work on myself it being in between the relationships, so I kept obviously attracting the same sort of person and didn't realise what was wrong. Um, I was in a very long relationship, and towards the end, there was a very, very violent encounter, which I don't know how, I think sometimes you have to get to the rock bottom before you can really get out, and I remember just almost like snapping awake and going, oh my god, this isn't normal, like, I could potentially die here. But what? Like, there's no reason I should, die. I haven't done anything wrong here. I literally haven't, I know for a so I did manage to get out of the long term, the really long-term relationship. And I was in Australia at the time. And I was very lucky that I had the support of people like my sister who had experienced what I've been going through. And as soon as I left that relationship, pointed out all the things that were wrong that I just couldn't see. Even just the way he controlled my day or controlled what I ate or controlled what we did each evening. You know, never left me alone and I didn't realise that was weird. But again, I didn't do the work. I didn't know anything was wrong. Now I'm like, I've left the relationship. Everything's okay. I can just get on and do things. And then what do you know? Next relationship comes along pretty soon after. You could obviously see that I was an easy target or could see that I wasn't healed. And then I ended up in probably the worst relationship of my entire life. And I was in that ministry for several years. And I think some women who are listening to this, you know, deep down, you really do know deep down that there's something not okay, but you see the red flags and honestly, hand on heart, I can change him if I try harder, if I just love him more. And I knew I was doing it and I knew it was wrong, but I just was so convinced because he would say the right thing or he would, you know, I was in a massive lip bombing cycle and you just kept waiting for that nice part of it because it almost made the punishment seem better though, so I was in that for several years. And like I say, I don't remember how I found you, but I was getting to the point where I was so desperate and needed something. And my ex would always say things like, I was messed up in the head. It was all my fault. Like, I'm crazy. And so I was gaslighting me. Exactly. Yeah. Which I didn't know was the thing. I did not know that was a thing. I thought he must be right because he loves me and what he says goes. And the interesting thing is, he forced me to go to therapy and I did anything to keep the relationship. And to be honest, I should have gone to therapy. I hate the word should, but I should have gone to therapy years ago because obviously there's been a lot of repetitive cycles. Where I was from in England, working class city, you just don't really think to do that. It seems like something that you'd either be stigmatized for or that those services weren't really available. And what's interesting is I started going to therapy and I was in and out of different therapists for a year or so. I never really felt like it did anything, it changed anything. All the therapists weren't the right fit. A lot of them just said, just leave the country, just leave him. And couldn't understand why I was so desperate to just make it work and fix it because they felt like my whole life was falling apart. And it's almost like they couldn't understand it. And I just, mm. I kept thinking, all I do is talk about the same thing over and over again and nothing changes. So I strongly believe in the universe, things help us for a reason. That The fact that one day you popped up my Instagram, I don't know whether it's the cookies. I don't know whether somehow you were linked to something. <laughs> But when you start talking, I was like, oh my God, this is exactly what I've been learning therapy, but there's actual actions behind it. Though I feel like you came in at the right time because I had to start changing something. Otherwise, nothing was ever going to change. Mm-hmm. And granted, I didn't just join the program and left him and suddenly everything was fine. I was in the program for over a year before I did anything. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. not a magical button that I spent money and then suddenly I'm healed.
1: I love that too, because I remember that when you did come in and obviously there's a lot of women and that is scary. Because I was always like anti groups of women. (laughs) I was a tomboy. I had a lot of just, I don't know, a lot of pain in the past from people and I didn't really trust people. So I was more closed off. So I think a lot of the women who would join are kind of like that as well. And it's funny because there's like this group of women that you walk into and there's all this fucking pink and music and, you know. And so I remember when you had come in and the invisibility that you kind of had of like, I don't want to be seen. I'm just going to be here. I'm going to hide over there, like you said, near the pillar. And then slowly there were women who started chatting with you and you started chatting with and I'm like, oh, there's like little friendships get made, which is really beautiful. And just I don't know how it happens, but it happens every time. And then seeing you more and seeing you on the calls and seeing you, you know, like you were giving it a go. You were trying. You were showing up. Interesting. You say though 12 months. So how was the experience of you saying, I'm going to join this thing? I've also done therapy, therapy, maybe I'm talking a lot, but I don't feel like I'm getting actionable things. And then joining, let's say, at something like a sisterhood, which is in person, but also is online. Were you skeptical? Like, oh, is this shit going to, what is this? Like, how's this going to help me? How are you with that in that process?
2: So like yourself, I was a really good student when I was at school, you know, I yeah. like, like to get straight A's and things like that. So when I was like, right, there's modules, there's things to complete, I just need to do all these, I just need to finish them all. So I got into the mindset, like, just take off all the modules. And anyone who's not in sisterhood, there are several modules, but you only get access to them over a certain period. So you get yeah. module one for two months, which is Byron Katie. Wow, that was, that was interesting. That was very interesting. So it just felt really hard. I was just like, I just have to do the homework and I'll be better. I just have to do this module. I was like, ticket's done. She'll see in the back of Kajabi that I've ticked it. And so that means she'll be pleased with my progress. Mm-hmm. But I almost looked at you as like my teacher, which I used to do. Like my dad was very much like, get straight A's. Mm-hmm. So I looked at it that way to begin with. Or like when I joined a membership and there's things and I so just go to this call and do this and do these things. So it's almost like I felt like I was just list ticking all the time. But what was good was because there was a lot of in-person, well, obviously things happened and obviously in-person days got put on hold for a while. <laughs> But we can get on Zoom, or be in person. And it was almost like I could see other people and I heard their stories of like, I've been in this as heard one year, two years, four years, and they just seemed so confident and brave and lovely and open and warm. And I was like, is this who they are? Or is this because they've been in this group and done the work? It's almost like I had to be around those other experiences to kind of go, all right, so this, this shit, basically, it works. Mm-hmm. if you try it harder so but it was really hard because there's a lot you know it felt like there's a lot of reading there's a lot of things to watch and I was kept analyzing is this going in does this work I hated journaling didn't touch meditation <laughs> all the Hamish meditations are fantastic but I was like i just fall asleep but it it's like yeah. does it work for me it doesn't work for me this isn't going to work for me and I just kind of looked at more as oh, I get to just have community and connection you know at the immersion days I didn't expect it but a couple times I break down and it's just it would stand there and just listen to me and I was like wow it's Because in my relationship, we didn't have a conversation for like three years. Mm -hmm. We never had a conversation. He would never listen to me. Even that was so invaluable just to just be seen in that and go, Oh, it's okay to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And obviously the good thing about group coaching compared to one-on-one therapy is when you do the hot seat calls and someone gets up and shares their problem, we can relate and through my journey of being there for several years now I've seen other women come in who've experienced things like me at different stages and I'm like how on earth would I have connected with you if I'd stayed in a therapist's office one on one for years and years and years and I'm not saying therapy doesn't work obviously it does there's different tools we can use but once I really started going well nothing's going to change you can't just go there a Melbourne day every couple of months and think it'll work you have to in your own time open the workbook look at the modules do the readings and practice and practice and practice and it's almost like it just naturally started happening where I'd start questioning myself and I still didn't really change much in my life at the time but it's something that like weight loss you can't just lose weight overnight you have to commit to it so it was almost like starting new exercise regime so I had to start taking it seriously but honestly the first year was really hard because you mm-hmm. have to face a lot of stuff I wasn't ready to face
1: and you were still in that relationship while you were in the sisterhood how was that like your I love that you shared that you had breakdowns at the events cause You know, that happens to everybody, all of us, me included, you know, we'll have people come to the event and be like, fuck, we're talking about this today. Shit. (laughs) Can I sneak out the back door? (laughs) Erica's just looked at me. Shit, I can't leave. You know, like, and then we start talking and then people have breakdowns, breakthroughs, you know, and it's heavy stuff. But how was it for you coming to these events and like an event like the relationships day event you know like self-love and worthiness events and then going back home to that relationship did you see more of what you didn't like did you start getting ideas like how was that experience
2: so for example like when it came to like fw ot like like what this thing i was like well i can't do that like mm-hmm. i can't because i have rules i have to follow otherwise he will think badly of me and it will end and now lose everything Mm-hmm. So I kind of looked at like, oh, that sounds really good. That sounds really good, but it isn't my module because it can't be because I'm not allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. So my mindset was I'm not allowed. So I'll be here and I'll pay attention and I'll partake because I'm here, but I'm not really going to implement that because I don't have the space to do that. He won't, he won't allow it. So that was my mindset. And obviously the more you go to the events and talk to sisters, just that's when I started to realize oh i am allowed Oh, well, i can do that that is my decision but the problem was as much as i allowed to go to those days afterwards you now some people hang out they might have a drink i just have a chat and i just didn't leave i don't know remember noticed. i didn't i was like the last person to leave that space because i just mm-hmm. physically couldn't go home because every time i was around the sisters it started to crack open a little bit wider that maybe i can do this maybe i can't leave or maybe i could do this or change but as soon as I step out of that building, it would just shut down again. And it was just heartbreaking and all like, if I go back and try and implement these things, it's going to end up dealing, being punished or ignored or shut out or told I can't go to them anymore. So keep it a secret in a way because mm-hmm. you can't know that I'm trying to make myself better. So yeah, it was really hard. That's why those days were like, just such like shining lights to me. Cause at least I got a day every two months where I could just connect Oof. and be seen.
1: Muff, you make me want to cry. I love hair. But seriously like uh, now that when women get on the hot seat and you're on a call and you hear someone say, you know, it's wild because this is how I feel. This is how I feel every time I talk to someone who's, you know, going through anything that I've went through. And because I've went through a little bit of stuff, I can relate to so many people. So the more fucked up shit we go through, the more we can relate to other people. You get to relate to even more people. So I'll hear women share and I'm like, man, that part of me that I remember. And I know this happens to you now. And this happens to other women who have been healing and doing this work. We're not all healed. We're still healing. But they they see a new lady jump on the hot seat and they're like, my mother or my partner or I'm not good enough or my trauma, whatever. And you're just like, oh, like this resonance of the old you or the pieces of you are in her. And on so many fucking levels, that's incredible. And this is why it's called sisterhood and not Erica Kramer, because I could never create that on my own. And it's definitely our program as a community. But when you see women now, like, how do you feel when you see women that are in toxic relationships? And let me tell you all listening, most people join the sisterhood. I joined my own sisterhood in this work because of relationships, because of worthiness, because of I'm not good enough. And here's all these fucked up people I'm attracting. So If anybody's listening to this, this is why the main reason most women join. But how does it feel now seeing her sharing that when you know you've been there, but now you're here where you are, which we're going to get to in a minute. It's very exciting. How does that feel for you? Honestly, the first feeling is frustration because I am just get so frustrated that she has
2: to be in a situation. And then everyone has different circumstances, but it's almost like, I just, I want everyone to be able to live the life that they want to live. And it's not that easy. It's not like pressing a magic button. It took me years. I mean, over 20 years of really trauma to try and get out of because dating the same person, but like mine got so bad. If I didn't leave something, something basically I had to give otherwise I probably wouldn't be here today. That, that's how bad mine got. And I see that in other women. And I tried, it's almost like I want to be an example of like, you can do it, but the, the courage it does take everybody when I eventually left and put my own life. You're so brave, I can't believe you did that. I didn't feel brave. I felt like a coward. I felt like I ran away. I felt like I, you know, it was an easy way out or something like that. And I felt all these things that I know these women are feeling. You know, they can't leave because of this. If they do leave, people would think this. And now I'm like, you know, I do try to live FWOT. And it's almost like, I know you can't save people. I know you can't do it for them. And I just, I feel so much sympathy and love and empathy for them. I just want to yank them out of it because I just know how much better life is. And I know how scared it is and how much it hurts. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. And I know when I was going through it for years, I didn't do anything for years and I complained about the same thing. And I kept telling people, I know I keep saying the same thing. So feel free to shut me out or tell me I'm not allowed to anymore because I hear it. I'm just not ready. I just can't. Mm-hmm. And nobody did. Everyone did listen. listen. And obviously gave advice or oh, you should just do this. And it, it took until I was ready to do it. Yeah. So now knowing that people held up me, even though they just desperately wanted to get me out, I now know I'll do the same. So if someone in the sisterhood came hot seats every month for four years with the same problem, i'm going to be there because they'll leave when they're ready if they want to but also some people decide to stay in kind of toxic situations and again there's no judgment because everyone's different and I, I always recall on everything like you say that we do the work we do but i literally wouldn't be where i am now if i had not found sisterhood because obviously the sisterhood and yourself helped me but it also led to other things it led to other organizations or other coaches or other people that could support me through that so even if they're here and all they do is complain or talk about it i'll never change it they're still here they're yeah. still doing the work and they're still saying it out loud, which I couldn't do. You dragged me onto a hot seat. You know, you're surprised me with it and you basic cat you need to make a decision. And I was absolutely just gobsmacked and terrified. But it's exactly what I needed here at exactly the right time. And I still didn't. It still took me a while to make it, but I'll always remember that. And I've had people look at that hot seat because they need that lovely bitch slap. And even if they haven't tuned it, they went, quote, well, wow, you did that. I did, I did leave, but not straight away wow okay yeah. so i can take my time and do whatever you want like we've got you but we can't mm-hmm. do it for you and just it's at least at least as long as they keep showing up and we can see them that that's going to be enough for me at the moment but when they are ready then i'm here to support them through it because i've done it also
1: you are such like a, an inc- i hope you know how amazing you are because it's huge the honesty too. thank you for it because it's not like i joined this program and i changed my whole life and everything was fantastic it's like Nope. Like usually you join and then your shit goes to shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to get worse before it gets better. But that's okay. We're here with you. Like you're going to go into this shitty pit, but we're going to support you. You know, like it's really hard. But I love that you share that because you're right. Like just you being able to have that community, being able to get the information and the knowledge and store it and store it and kind of look for evidence in your life about that information and go oh my god that's true that is you know gaslighting or that is this okay cool okay and then more days more time and when you feel ready and you feel like you've empowered yourself fully and then someone goes fucking just leave one day eight months later and then you just go fuck it i'm gonna do this you know not overnight because you've packed yourself in all this information you've had these experiences you've Stayed there, you've done the work, you've read things, you've listened to people, you've, you know, that this is really what transformation is. It takes time and it's messy and it's imperfect. And, you know, you air quotes get it wrong because you can't get it wrong, but it feels like it's wrong. You're not doing it how you thought you would or how you learned. And then all of a sudden, people see, oh my God, you're killing it and doing amazing. And right now, you are killing it and doing amazing, but it's been a three year journey. Of not only sisterhood, other programs, other events, retreats, business, relationships, friendships, all of this smashed together that's created who you are now and how you are now. And so it's so incredible. And I hear you on the frustration because I also I'm like, that's why I love Byron Katie, because it's like none of the stuff you think is true. And I just know I'm like, none of it's true. I know it's not true because I could see it you think it's true until you won't think it's true. And then you'll start making different choices. Before we get to like where you are now and all the amazingness, what would you say was the biggest module or biggest lesson that you had to overcome during that time in the sisterhood then? And then what is yours now that you're working with? So for
2: those who aren't in the sisterhood, we have an inside joke that you never leave module one, which is managing the mind and when new people join they get a bit again because they don't know what that means but it is literally it I mean the amount of thoughts we have per day <laughs> that it is literally that because I just kept thinking I can't I kept thinking I'm not enough I kept thinking that I'm not worthy my self-esteem was so low and you know people here knew me in the past like even my best friend who's in England who doesn't see me will voice not me but like you're so different like what is happening like I'm losing you and I couldn't even see it myself. So when you talk about being small physically, mentally, emotionally, I literally could not get out of that mindset of like, I deserve this because I must, I've done something wrong. He's told me I've done something wrong. So that was definitely the biggest thing. And then having to like, Baron Katie, like I listen to the bit constantly because I was just like, it's not going in. It's not working. You know, this isn't for me, but it does sneak in there. Like the whole idea of storing information and then writing it down and being like, Oh, Turn around like, Oh, I am worthy. What? What? Am I? Am I allowed? Am I allowed to feel that way? Am I allowed to learn? That was it. And i like, then being around other sisters who like are doing that same module and there's some of the thoughts they were coming up with. And I'm like, Oh my God, of course you are. You're so worthy. You're so beautiful. And then they would sort of look at me and go, yeah, you too. And I'm like, Oh, oh what? Really? <laughs> so it was a huge thing of like, just learn how the man works. It's something you would really need to take for granted of like how the things you think about and the way I talk about myself and letting my ex-partner or anybody's negativity come in and just thinking that was my own. So that was definitely the biggest thing I had to overcome in order to even just think about the possibility of building your life or getting out yeah. or doing any of the work. Module one. Module one. <laughs> I always come back to module one. Uh, and now I believe it's FWOT because I'm pretty, I am a pretty confident person. Some people say I'm too much and I say, that's fine. You move away. You don't have to take it. But it's still trying to embody that a bit more as in like, as much as people say, oh, we way you're doing, is amazing. It is still lifelong work. You know, you still have our doubts. You still have our moments. You know, particularly I'm in business. So I have like commitments. I have like a relationship and stuff. And I still have to think, like, I sort of struggle with that line between, oh, I don't give a fuck what you think. But at the same time, well, actually, where's the border between caring and boundaries? And yeah. I've struggled with boundaries a lot. And I think for me, boundaries falls into FWT because I should be allowed to say, should, I hate that word. Yeah. I am allowed to say, no, that doesn't suit me or no, I'm not open to that or actually, yes, but I need space or I need time and I don't give myself that. So. That's definitely where I am at now because that's something I work on every day.
1: So FWOT, in case you're like under a rock and you haven't been (laughs) listening to all the episodes, is hashtag FWOT, fuck what others think or forget what others think if you want to teach your kids because I've taught my kids listen may know mummy swears whatever <laughs> and it is it's such a good one and I think people would say why the hell is someone in a one-year program for four years and we've since changed it because even I thought oh yeah 12 months to change your whole life okay fuck that's a quick you know promise and it's like it does your life changes so much but when your life changes then new things happen and new problems and now you have a partner and you have a business you have clients Right. You are studying, you know, other things that you're interested in that maybe you want to go down and do one day. Uh, You're meeting new friends. So I guess like what you can hear, what you can see is that this work never ends. And it's not like, oh, this work never ends. It's like, oh, I'm constantly evolving and shifting and changing and I need new lessons and new things. So I love that now your lesson is like FWT's module two. So. If you're looking at a cat like, what do you mean she's only in module one and two? It's like, <laughs> I love that. That to me is the humble, beautiful, I'm in module one every fucking day of my life. Like mindset, get your mind right, Erica. Just like, you know, and I think it's there's that quote that's like when the student is ready, the teacher appears and the teacher is life. How fucked up it can be. The partner that's an asshole, the annoying neighbor who parks her car in a fucked up way. You know, like traffic or amazing people like you have come and taught me. You've taught me so much yourself, Kat. Like, I'm not the teacher in the sisterhood. I'm learning from everybody in there as to what we're attracting. So you did this. You would say maybe at the 12 month mark, did things start to go? Bing. Okay, cool. I'm out of here. Fuck this. Like, when did that change happen and how did that come through for you to be like, I'm out? I'm not staying in this relationship.
2: When I said 12 months, as in, like, it didn't, like, happen 12 months after I'd done this episode, it was actually a little bit less than that. But for me, it was, like I say, I got to witness other sisters who had been through similar things or, you know, what I would view was worse things or different things. And seeing that they'd actually got through it and they were okay. Like, I'm like, oh, I could just, I could actually be okay because it seemed like the only options I had were, like, leave him and your whole life collapses. That was basically my version of it. Like, get kicked out of the country, you lose this, you do that. And it was just it felt like a prison sentence. Like there was no out. So... When I started doing the work, it actually empowered me, like, doing the mindset of being around the people and doing the modules, empowered me to go, actually, maybe I should just look at my options here, you know, speak to people, see what I'm allowed to do, see what help and support and advice I can get. And I did keep working on relationship thinking it would help. And obviously, it didn't. It was just, obviously, it was just very, very toxic and not a nice relationship. But I did still try thinking, you know, I did the relationship module and thought, oh, cool didn't work but i tried it but for me obviously i had a few, a few couple of mer- days where i did break down and i could see people's sympathy but at the same time i couldn't i wasn't ready to change anything and after the hot seat where you got me on like you just have to make a choice and you weren't judging you like, you used to make a choice you leave or you stay and i'm like okay and then i obviously analyzed that for a bit and then there was another poll and somebody in the chat gave me a number of somebody i could speak to confidentially And in my relationship, I used to be in punishment cycles a lot, um, like silent treatment punishments, which don't sound... Silent silent treatment, yeah. Yeah, which doesn't sound that bad, but it can be quite horrifying when it lasts weeks. And I didn't really know what to do and how to fix it. So eventually one day, I actually just rang it and went out for a walk and rang the number and just spoke to somebody. And from there, they gave me some other numbers to call. And when every time the punishments got too bad, I would ring one of these calls trying to find basically counseling or something that I thought I just need to work on myself more. I need more support working on me. Yes. Um, that's what
1: women think. Exactly. No, exactly. That, that, yep. Oh, yep. God. I fucking feel the
2: same. I was like, I'm in the program, but I must need more therapy. I must need more counseling. Like, it's all me. I need to figure out how to be able to deal with this relationship better. And then one of the numbers I was given that rang, I'm going to give them a shout out actually, it was the Orange doll. Who are just a phenomenal company. They helped me so much. And when I told my story, they were the ones that were genuinely concerned that if you do not leave, you won't be here soon. And, I, and it was just like someone threw a bucket of ice water in my face. And I just, I denied that and was like, oh my God, calm down. Stop exaggerating. It's not that bad. Absolutely just defensive. Of like, no, it's fine. It's fine. And I just shut down and just hung up the phone. And then I'd been hood. They'll do lies, talking about nothing had changed. It just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then people in my personal life were starting to be like, what, what, like, we're genuinely concerned for you. And I was like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And then one punishment was so bad that I just ran back the orange door and I said, right, okay, what do I do? Mm. And they put something into place for me so I was able to leave the relationship. But I would not have found those numbers if someone in the sister hadn't given me the first number. So it was almost like a knock-on effect. And then when I actually was able to leave, like, it wasn't easy. I moved nine times in 10 months i went to court i went to the police i'd had to do a lot of different things to be able to be free but along that way other sisters would give me other support, like visa agents or anything like that who became like one of my best friends like it's just it's like the sisterhood was where i could go in and go there's no judgment i could share whatever i want but also they genuinely give me stuff that would help me for when i was ready and without those numbers without those people in my life i don't know what i would have done because i have a fantastic family and friends but they wouldn't really know like what numbers to give me or anything like that because in the sisterhood everyone's got such different experiences that when they give you information like that it's usually because they know somebody's been through something similar and they can go like this might help you because i know somebody else who went through this so this might help me because i did this and i tried this so they don't coach you but they have been there and this is yeah. what i did and see if this yeah. will benefit you and they did yeah. because i managed to get out and i'm utterly utterly grateful for the support mm-hmm. they give me
1: <sighs> you're amazing and i can't imagine that that would have felt like an easy thing to do but to know And I want to just acknowledge you on this, that it's also how you show up. You know, we said before we started recording, and I genuinely mean it, there's a lot of people that have good intentions and are in pain and want to fix their lives and want to work on things and they end up being scared, but then they find some resonance and then they join a program, whether it's my program or any other program, and they join it and then life gets in the way, they get really busy, the excuses come, they don't show up to calls, they don't watch the videos, they don't read the books or do the homework, They tell themselves they can't or they're too busy or it's not a priority and then life is still shit and their life continues to get shit and more shit and then they've invested this money that now it's a waste of money because you haven't used it and then nothing changes and then in the end it's like, oh, that program didn't work or the work doesn't work or that book didn't work or the course doesn't work and it's like, no, we have to be honest. I mean, the course completion rate is 3%. People buy courses, 3% most people complete courses. It's like, fuck, a course, you need a community, you need humans, whether it's virtual or in person, and you need to do a cat you've done, which is I'm going to show up. And you know me, I'm a little bit hyper and excited about this work. And I am on fire most of the time. It's actually quite annoying. (laughs) Like, fucking shut up, Erica. I'm very hyper. I have a lot of energy and I'm on fucking fire for this work. I love this work, right? Because of my own personal experience. And so if I'm on fire and someone's on the ground and not there's no ambers, I can't resuscitate like nothingness. So as much as your mentor, your coach, your therapist, your counselor, your healer, your program director person wants you to win, you have to be an alive human being in this program. And so this is why I say like, yes, Hamish and I love this and we've created this or we've intended to create this program that's created itself. Sisterhood is not one person. But you fucking showed up like you were ready. You did it and you weren't even ready. Actually, you stayed in, not ready to go, but ready to listen and learn and take information. Fill yourself up with it. When you finally got to do it, you went, fuck it, I'll do it. You took the action. And like everybody, Kat didn't have a visa. Okay, so she was in Australia from the UK with no fucking visa. This man was holding the visa over her head as well. So there was all kinds of abuse, but also the visa. Which is a problem because if you don't have a visa, you have to leave the country. So that was a real fear that you had, Kat, too. It was like, fuck, what am I going to do? So like, just shout out to you because you could have given up. You could have said, fuck, this it's too hard. It is too hard. However, you fought for your life, literally, and you fought for your dreams to happen. So how many months later did your ass become get a visa because you got a visa? So exciting. Tell us all like when the good stuff happened and how that was. So obviously
2: a few months after like actually leaving the relationship, like I said, I had to move constantly. I had nowhere to live. I had, didn't own anything. I left everything behind pretty much. much. And the visa was the first thing of like, well, you, you know, because you have to declare to the government. And luckily a sister gave me the name of a fantastic visa agent. Oh my God. She's such a queen. I love her so much. And I like got her services straight away. She's just such a go-getter. I'd say she's called Charlene. Oh, we like my um, lens. thank you. <laughs> uh, but obviously as well, because my business kind of came to a standstill a bit because obviously I just didn't have the brain capacity to do that. I was trying to do the paperwork and write report statements and police statements and the other things like that. So it got really bad for a while. financially as well, I'm trying to pay the paper, be the agents, find money for that. And I had some fantastic communities who were actually really, really good to me and organizations like Salvation Army who were fantastic. So it was a good, solid, I'd say, probably six months of back and forth trying to get stuff done fill things in but actually i got my visa relatively quickly which for anybody who's been down the visa process it's so long it's so complicated yeah. and it happened too quickly but the process of getting together documentation was very difficult i had to go down a particular pathway that only really exists i think in this country potentially but luckily i had a very good visa agent and it was granted so that was a huge huge relief i did a live in the sisterhood and i was crying so hard and one kinds. Of what I was saying. <laughs> I was crying as well. Uh, bear in mind, I've got great family friends. It's a still of the first people I told. You yeah, know, that was the first thing I did. I went straight and alive and just cried my heart out because I couldn't believe that happened. So that was good. So that was one thing done, but it was almost like, it would be such a focus on that or find somewhere to live or like go to court or fill in witness statement. That, then it was like, well, what do I do now? Mm. And it was almost like that was the worst part because it was like I had to start failing everything. I didn't want to fail it. Yeah. I was still grieving. Like, I loved him. I mean, it was very trauma-bonded, but like I was, you know, I miss him. I wanted to go back at some point. Like I knew I couldn't, but it was like you have to process. It is the death of relationship. Really? It's the death yeah. of everything you thought your life was going to be. I thought that was it. I thought I was done. And so I basically had to then start doing that work. So I did go back to therapy, which was good, as mm-hmm. well as like being obviously in this, in this community. And then it was like, all right, okay, so I love our business. So I start focusing on business. So I started working on my business more, started bringing the clients back in. I moved again. <laughs> and I, quite a few months later, I got my own apartment, which I haven't had since I was like 18 years old. I've never lived alone since I was 18, which isn't insane to me. Wow. But my God, it's fantastic. You leave the house and everything's where it should be. Um, <laughs> I got my own play. My business started booming again. I was back to fully booked. 10K a month, which was just fantastic. Ooh. I actually lost my best friend because she didn't like who I became, which was an interesting process. So I had to agree with that as well. A lot of people I thought would be there for me. And we no longer in my life. So I went through that, but now I have other friendships that I've kind of focused more on. So my circles become smaller, but it the people who love me for who I am now and love the fact that I'm allowed to make mistakes and figure out who I am and FWOT whenever, I, whenever I get the chance. So I did all that, that I'd like, you know, gone back to the gym, started creating healthy hobbies for myself and going on holiday, like went to New Zealand, which was fantastic by myself to see my friends. And then I actually I met somebody, <laughs> <It's a note. laughs> which was very unexpected. So yes, though I get all giddy. So I mean, obviously, when someone gets out relationships like that, you know, I happen to stick up for a very long time and things, and everyone could take it at their own their own speed. But what was interesting was I met him, and I really really struggled because it's the first time I've been in a relationship where. He felt like a genuine person, like he had my best interests at heart, he seemed just totally solid and mature and grown up and knew what he wanted and who he was and And I would struggle with it so much in the first few months, I would try and find ways to sabotage it, I would push him away or I would just be like, try and be too much or try and prove that like well, he's going to leave me or he's going to be just on the rest because I had to prove it to myself. As I'm doing it, as I do the work, I was like, oh, that's what's happening. You see what's happening there? You're trying to prove, your ego's trying to prove that you're right. You know, it'll be just like the other ones. And it doesn't seem to be. It seems, it seems to be quite enough for so good. So far so good. It's better. The one of the biggest learnings, and I was actually in therapy at the same time of dating him. And it was interesting because the therapy is all for people who are survivors of domestic violence and basically how to navigate your way through a life after it. Because I had PTSD episodes that I didn't even know were PTSD episodes. I'd have them with him or in front of him. And he had hold me or say it was okay. And I just kept expecting he was gonna punish me or tell me I was wrong or have a go and he didn't. Mm. And it was such a weird unlearning to learn that you are worthy. And I work on myself a lot and I'm pretty good at like, you know, I'm worth this and I'm gonna do this and I'm fantastic. But it's sometimes it is a bit of bullshit for yourself. Then to meet someone else who you don't do it for them, but they're going, You are a queen, and I do love you, and you are fantastic, and you can do anything. And there's nothing behind it. There's no jealousy, there's no pretend, there's no fake. Because he says that, but then his actions back up the fact that he loves me. Like I always said, Hamish, your beautiful husband, Mm -hmm. uh, my sister's beautiful husband, Luke, and my friend in England Catherine's James, wonderful guy called Stephen. And I tell people like, I know there's three guys in the world that are fantastic. I know they exist. There's three of them. They're all taken, but I know they're they're amazing guys. There there must be more out there, surely. But maybe I don't know what. Maybe I'll be single forever. It's fine. And then I meet mine. And I was like, oh, wow, there's another one out there. And it's just... Since every day, it's like a learning for me to go, I deserve to be in this. But also, I don't want to ever fall in the trap again of being so reliant on someone else. or being so like, I lived for my past relationships. It's the only reason I was thing that yeah. I get to love him when I get to love myself more. Mm-hmm. I get to be, if we do break up, it'll be a shame, but I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Everything will be okay because he teaches me every single day that I'm worth anything I need or want. And as much as we complement each other's lives and want to be together, we do break up all we'll wish each other well enough. It's just a part of life. And it's fantastic. I've never experienced anything like it.
1: Yeah, honestly, it's like looking at another person. Like you are, yeah. you are a completely different person. And I think that that scares people as well. Like, am I going to be a different person? It's like, you are. You're not going to recognize yourself. You're not going to know the things you think about now, the things that occupy your mind that you call problems. Back three years ago, you wouldn't even think that you would be thinking that, like you quietly just briefly mentioned you're making 10K a month. Uh, <laughs> honestly, like someone who came here from another country who is trying to build their life here, who's in a terrible relationship, you get out of the relationship, you can get your own visa, live in your own apartment, making your own money, doing your business, and then you find a beautiful man to love. Like if that's not a fucking fairytale dream, what everybody <laughs> wants, which by the way, I think I know this other lady named Erica that kind of something similar happened to her. <laughs> it's got the same story as well. And it's not so uncommon if you commit to working on you. Like you started working on yourself and all this shit, you know, did not magically appear. This shit started to appear and you started to choose it. And so when was it? 2021? We did- it would 2022. two. Twenty two. So yeah. we did a retreat in the middle of this three years of us working together in the sisterhood. And you're working with the sisters. And Kat came to that retreat. And that retreat was massive. (laughs) It was huge. And I think not the you who you are now came. There was a different version of you that came. And if you can share, like, at the end of the retreat, how you felt after those five days. So anyone who
2: doesn't know the retreat, you are basically locked together for five days with the sisters and Hamish and Erica, which is interesting and a beautiful building, but it's very interesting. (laughs) And we do a variety of exercises to do with, you know, shamanic healing breath work mindset and everything like that that we do and this is but more intensely and I went in like in a really strange mindset of like this is just too hard I just don't want to be here anymore like I just don't want to do this and in mind, I'd already left the bad relationship I'd already moved a lot of things I didn't have the visa yet and I was just in this really strange like ugh, probably bothered place So the first day I was such a brat I was such a brat on the first day <laughs> and then I you know I thought I committed and I thought I was doing everything but I just I was phoning it in and for somebody who it's been, this a while and pays the money and, you know, tries to get involved. I just absolutely just, I felt like I totally wasted it. I felt like I was just kind of showing up and not really being there. I think even you said to, you said it to me that like, like I wasn't really there. It's like yeah. there's nothing deeper than the surface level. Like, hiya, how are you doing today? It was so fake. And I thought I was connecting and I still so wasn't. And then on the last day, I was just trying really hard to be like, I'm going to your routine, it's okay. But I really felt so deflated afterwards. I was like, I just wasted that entire. Year. Experience and nothing happened, nothing changed. But I was actually wrong. As in like what you and him just taught me was you get out of it, what you need to get out of it or what you're ready to get out of it. And, you know, a month later, my visa was granted. Like the universe almost started shifting after that. A lot of things that I've been waiting for, working for happened within the next 90 days, you know, and I got my own place and I did all these things Mm -hmm. and I did start to see ships. I thought, oh, maybe it wasn't a tall waste. (laughs) Maybe I totally didn't mess it up because I actually had a client retreat just after that retreat and people were like saying oh you're something a bit different i'm like really like i couldn't see it but it, they could and they don't really know me a person anyway so it did shift a little bit but i kind of thought i oh, feel like i could have done that
1: better like really gone in which is why i came back i know i was like <laughs> come back to the next one you can come yeah. back next year but uh, there was three women that we were like you you three need to come back we got as far as we could get but also you were really hard on yourself and hamish and i as you know and as a business owner yourself like or facilitator. I was like, we push as much as we can. And then it's like the universe goes, enough, let go. The rest is up to that person or the rest is up to that soul or the rest is up to that dharma that's going to happen. And there's nothing you can do. And it's like, so we pushed as much as we could. And then it was like this trust. And then I remember you being like, I don't think I did a good job. And I'm like, your whole life changed. You changed your whole life. Kent. Like whatever happened needed to happen. Because I remember you said, I want to be a six figure business owner. And I'm like, you are a fucking six figure business owner like holy shit like i have the video and like you're doing that and so you know we're so hard on ourselves and we maybe don't know or we don't trust and then it's like trust do what you can and then let it go and then this happens and so this year we did retreat in february again and kat came back to the retreat and like another person came into that retreat house You were just like, it was almost like you were on our team. I was like, you could just be up here, Kat, like helping (laughs) us facilitate this retreat. How is the, for you, if someone's like, what the fuck, you went to two retreats? We've had multiple people, by the way, come to like four retreats, some people, because again, like sisterhood, it's not a thing you do, and then you're done. Or uh, I'm confident, now I don't have to practice. I meditated, so I never have to meditate again. It's like, I worked out once. It's like, no, you continue to do it. That's how your life gets better. So, from that first retreat, which did change things, even though you felt maybe at the time you didn't give it everything, what was the difference to now this retreat? Like, what did this one give you for yourself? Well, I did feel a bit like I was cheating because I kind of – I've done it before,
2: so I was a little bit, like, inside of knowledge. I kind of thought I knew what to expect, although every retreat is different, which is fantastic. But this one was different as in, like, I didn't know many of these sisters – very well I think the last one I did so I felt a bit I think more comfortable for me because I knew them whereas this one I didn't know very many so that was a little bit like all right so I really have to want to connect I have to connect so I already went in guns like if I don't do this now then I'm never going to do it again so I have to go in guns play I love that but every activity I was like just push as far as you can show up as much as you can and practice if I pronounce this wrong I do apologize did you the you, you why you really listen because I don't I talk over people all the time If my boyfriend said the other day it's like stop talking over me and I'm so sorry That brain moves too fast like it was really just like practice do all the things and you always say do what you don't normally do so I was trying to listen more never sat in the same place I just really every activity let's just do it and do it as well as I can and when you go to a retreat you feel like you go in there for a particular reason and then as you're there you realize exactly why you're not there Mm. So like the previous year I thought it was all to do with healing from my past relationship and it turned out to be a lot of family stuff which I didn't expect and this time I thought it was gonna be family stuff again and I actually did some very powerful breathwork with Hamish, which is the one thing that really works for me. work's a fantastic tool when it comes to my personal development. And I wasn't quite sure what I was going for this tree. I kind of just wanted to really move on, become a great businesswoman and really stand in FWT and just be really just like open to the universe. And on one session, I was really being silent and I just couldn't speak. And I remember everyone passing the stone around and I couldn't take it. I just couldn't say anything because I was processing and so much. And then I think you could sense because you were looking at me like, why isn't she saying anything? And then you and Hamish give me an opportunity to speak. And it just hit me of like, I know why I'm here. I'm here because I have to say, I forgive you to my ex because the only way I could really go to the next level of my healing is to be grateful for what I went through, which mm. anyone out there who's gone through something really hard, I know it sounds really messed up, but we are the people we are because of what we went through. And it doesn't mean it's okay. It doesn't mean you should have gone through it. But- I have everything I've ever dreamed of, which is terrifying. But it's cause and effect. Mm. And I'm grateful for, you know, being pushed into therapy because then I found this toad that changed by. I'm grateful because that will never happen to me again. It happened several times, but it will never happen again. I know that for a fact. I will never be in a situation again. And I got to say out loud, I'm like, I forgive you. And that's probably the hardest thing I've ever said in my entire life. And it's almost like it was like a ghost being released. And leaving retreat has been hard, you know, it doesn't just matter the cure like anything else. You know, I've had to ship different things in my business or so my personal life or anything like that. But it's a big heavy weight. I don't have to carry around anymore. I get to just move on officially because I didn't feel it, like I didn't heal. And that retreat was just really letting go of everything that I'd been holding on to I don't need to.
1: That was such a powerful moment when you shared it. It was almost like I was like oh, I feel like I know what's coming here. And it was, you know, and we never know what people are going to share or where people are at. It's just a real open space for you to express what's there for you, whatever's there for you. And it was so big. Like you could just feel how sticky and heavy and dark that was to carry and like to let it go. Like I feel like your body was shaking. Like it was incredible to witness that and to say, you know, and we're not saying forgive people when you're not ready because it's not about the person. It's really for you you know it
2: was like my throat was made of something sticky it was so hard i remember like everyone looking at me and i was i just couldn't physically couldn't get out for so long and then it's almost like it then i just naturally just let it go so it'll stay with me forever that that moment yeah, and-, and then obviously retreat like moral sisters anyway but having just that small space of women who can just hold you and hear it it's unlike anything i've ever experienced and those women that we had retreat with were just the most oh. beautiful souls
1: it's like you don't know them let's say but then it's like you have memories like childhood best friends because you go through so much stuff in five days that like no one else will know that no one else would have been there no one else experienced those moments and you're there with those people that are air quote strangers and it's so freaking powerful and the fact that you came back and went i'm reclaiming and you did come back with so much intention like it was palpable like you could feel your energy the day you walked in and the day you left like there's no mistake that i'm here like you will feel me being here and Hamish and I were just like fucking go cat like we're just like <laughs> proud parents there. like you go girl it was amazing so now you're a big sister and what does that feel like for you seeing like new women join and watching the cycle of new women joining oh fuck and then being like oh my god it changed my life like watching other women do this it's almost like a well duh but like, <laughs> I, I like I get a bit
2: annoying I think So constantly talk about sister to anyone who listens to me because obviously it did change my life but it's interesting seeing new women come in because it's almost like you don't really know how they're going to take it you don't know if they're going to get scared or be overwhelmed and so it's kind of like trying to read them when they come in and give them that like advice and support or like just show them the space is safe i'm going to do a shout out to one new member blight the last emergency was stood by herself and i kind of noticed and so i got her to join our table and she sat with me and she just showed up like she straight away had a hand up she was journaling she's being in, in the group just sharing and I'm like I could never have done that when I first joined I was so scared that it blows me away like the fact that she's just she's really digging into the work I'm not saying that everybody has to do that everyone has their own journey but that's yeah. something you don't expect but it's like we are here to like offer you know we've all been through it we will be through similar and like you say I'm back to modules one and two and it doesn't mean I've failed or anything it's different things happen at different points I think for anyone that joins and thinks, well, why are you still here years later? Like, is it a 12-month program? It's like, it's not about that. It's about the community. It's about the fact that like, you constantly go through something that this is just going to help you with. It's not like just taking modules off a list. That's going to help, but it's just part of the work. And being a big sister, I mean, it just makes me smile. Because it's just like, I just get so overjoyed that someone's found it. To me, because I'm like, how, how do you get my women to find this? Because I don't remember how I found it. And I want them to come in because the space like this doesn't exist anywhere else. And if even they can make one decision that will make their life a little bit better because they found it or because we can support them or see them as they do it, that would be fantastic because I changed my entire life because of the women who were in that. And that's no yeah. small thing. And it's just by being exactly who they are. There's no yeah. magic tricks. There's no special button that you press. It's just being there. And I had a massive just a wound. I didn't like women. I grew up as a tomboy as well. All my <laughs> Mac friends a male and now I like, I work with women. My friends are all women, pretty much. I just completely flipped the other way. it's just such a wonderful, powerful space. And it's really wonderful about being around other women who never really get the chance to be seen.
1: And they're doing it. Like, that's the crazy thing is that it's very hard when you're trying to shift something that's been there for years, or when you're trying to leave a job you hate or a relationship that's not working or trying to be healthier, or you want to have boundaries and no toxicity in your family structure all of these things that we navigate as women right like and there's different ages like there's older women there's younger women there's singles there's mothers there's everything you know it's so hard to find people that are like minded or that get you and usually women like yourself cat or like myself we're in communities where we're the only ones doing it and we feel like, is there another cat out there? Is there another Erica? It has to be people doing this kind of like how you fell by Hamish, you know, and, and now you have a Hamish, you know, in your own way. <laughs> right? Like, you feel like, oh, it, does anybody get me? It's so lonely, like personal development can be so fucking lonely. And then especially if you're doing the shadow dark work, that stuff, and go to a therapist, go home, the therapist can't go home with you, you know, it's a bit like, can't text your therapist, probably inappropriate, like, and having this group of friends that are just space holders with you that aren't going to give you advice, but they go, fuck me too. I get it. It's almost like we can bitch about how fucking hard this is and talk about how exciting and celebratory it is when we win and when we do awesome shit. So hope that if you're listening to this, what you're taking is that things can change your life if you show up like Kat, you did, if you take advantage of it, because someone else we could speak to goes, I was in the sisterhood and nothing changed. And I would genuinely challenge, how much did you show up? Did you make friends? Did you put yourself out there? Did you attend the calls? Did you come to the events? You know, how much did you give? Because nothing will magically work. Nothing works for anyone unless we make it work. And so the fact that you made it work and the fact that you were like, fuck it, I'm just going to give this a go. And you became and you are still such an important member of that community Like you post and people are commenting and watching. So You know, really, it is what we make of it as well. If you never post and you're not present and you're not there for anyone, and then you come in and do a video in there, maybe people won't comment. Not because you don't matter, but I've never seen you. Who are you? Like, are you coming? Are you giving to the community? And you are someone that you just you give so much. You give so much of yourself. You give so much encouragement. You stand as an example, and you let us into your world. And so, I think for me, if anybody is listening and is on the wait list or ever wants to join. Or maybe you're in the sisterhood and you're listening to this and you've been a ghost. Like, give, give yourself, give to others, like show up and be a part of that community because that's where these lifelong friendships are now Kat has. And we'll be friends forever, Kat. I will cry always when I see you because I'm so, I'm so happy for you. Like, I am happy for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And
2: you're right about the friendships because like we have accountability sisters who are like people you rely on or you can just reach out to and- Alicia Tomasi who's the oh, most incredible it. beautiful woman has been mine the entire time and there's no other way we would have met each other and we're both you know have our own businesses and just I genuinely don't know I can't imagine my I'm life without her yeah so it's like even just for that like you don't hear me and it is worldwide so there's people in the UK and I'm like Whoa, hello I'm from the UK too it's amazing so that's so cool and we get to have those conversations that aren't just oh so how's your day going on well I just you know I watched her married at first sight oh god no it's like get would be like oh my god so like i was dealing much all the trauma last night and this thing like, and it's amazing to have not basically go, don't have that presentation just dive in like oh my god so i spoke to my parents and bubble blah blah. it's just it's fantastic it's it's, yeah, fantastic. it's nothing like it oh.
1: i love you cat okay so if people want to connect with you find out about your business and what you do tell the people so what do you do and where can we find you so i'm an online business manager for coaches. So basically
2: supporting them while they build their business and their communities, helping them scale their business, increase their revenue, and make more impact around the world. And you can find me, I'm on all the socials, but maybe just head to Instagram. Cause that's where I'm <laughs> on in. And it's at it's itscatdone.obn. And feel free to DM me about this. I'm more than happy to rave on and on and on and on and on about
1: it. And I'm like, if you don't trust me and you think it's bad, just message Kat and she will tell you. <laughs> As honestly as she can, yeah, I, I, I really, I'm so amazed by you, who you are, and what you've done. And ugh, there's so much, there's so much more we could talk about because of the whole retreat, what we bring up. Yes, you talked about childhood, and obviously how you attract and how you get yourself in relationships like that is like this is not because you deserve this or because you have bad luck. You know, these are all the things that in our childhood, things that how we, what we learned, what you learned from your father, and. Yes, your family did the best they could, but a lot of that shit affects us, you know, and so, you know, I want to give it up to you because you're constantly going back to these places to work on the things that you can wherever you see. And I know you've been working with this beautiful man that you met and your relationship and your business and just putting yourself out there. And so definitely connect with Kat. She's an incredible human being. She's a real woman doing the damn work, you know, in the community. And if you loved this episode, tag us. All of our links are in the show notes so you can check it out. Kat Dunn, I love you. Thank you so much for doing this work, for being here with me on the podcast where you first started. How meta is this? (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Erica. Thank you so much
2: for building this community and allowing me to be part of it. And just thank you. It's been phenomenal. And i I am here for the next four years.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. I freaking love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for your ears and your energy and your attention. Thank you for letting me into your world. And thank you so much for listening and tuning in to this podcast. There are so many podcasts you can listen to. And I deeply, deeply, for real, for real, appreciate you listening to mine. Do me one big favor. One big thing. Please share this episode or this podcast with a woman who you know needs to hear this. This is my mission on planet Earth to serve as many women as possible so that we can show up, stand up, speak up, and create the confidence in the life that we desire. I appreciate you, my love. I will see you on the next episode.